0: Hello, and welcome to episode 147 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page, one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Brant Fowler, one of the creators of Celestial Falcon, now on Kickstarter. Gifted with an ancient power, a group of teenagers embarks on a quest to vanquish a dark evil that threatens to consume the world. Brant, thanks so much for coming back on the on the podcast. Uh, you and Chris were on once uh, on a previous episode to talk about Celestial Falcon One, uh, but now we're back here with the second issue. So, uh, before we get started, could you give everybody a brief bio about yourself, and then we'll we'll talk uh, we'll talk some making comics.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and thank you for having me again. It's it's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm Brant Fowler. I've been a, a comic book letterer for over a decade and a half. Uh I've been publishing um, my own comics for the about the past five years with Last Number Press. That's when we launched that in twenty fifteen. And uh I've I've kind of worked all over the industry. I've I've been an editor, I've worked in uh comic journalism, I've uh published uh I'm a writer and letterer and now I do Kickstarter page designs. So I'm kind of all over the place, Jack of all tr- trades when it comes to uh to the comic book medium. Um but yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell uh as far as professional uh i don't know how far you want me to go into <laughs> who i am and everything but i i'm, I'm a pretty down to earth guy i love creating comics i love uh the creative arts i love music and any anything that's creative like that is kind of my jam
0: very cool so um i know uh and i want to dive into uh issue 2 here but i know um from some of that uh, that intro where you recap some of that um you're one of the sort of, uh, main creative forces here on this book, but you play a lot of, uh, different roles. Um, do you find yourself as sort of, uh, like the, the, the project manager in, in a way? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could, you could consider that, consider me that. When I
1: first, um, started working with Chris on this book, I was not involved in the writing part of the process. I was just, uh, I w- I was editing and publishing it and, we quickly, uh, kind of figured out that, well, actually Chris just, he, he figured out that it would be beneficial to the book to have my insights in the book. So he, he invited me on uh, very early in the process to be a co-writer on the book. And, uh, from that point, yeah, it, it's kind of like the, the way this book works, Chris wrote, plots he plotted the the story out years ago and over the years he's kind of tweaked it here and there and when i came on at first as editor and then as co-writer i began um kind of helping him uh it a little bit update it and uh kind of tweaking it to take out some of the some of the fluff and you know there was a lot of exposition and that kind of thing so in that way i guess i am kind of a project manager and of course i'm also the publisher uh, so I handle all that side of things as well.
0: Very nice. So, um, were you working um, in like sort of the, the the review and the journalism sort of area before you made the move to, um, you know, make your own comics, act as act, act, act as a writer and a publisher? Yeah, absolutely. I was working with a, a website called
1: Comic Related, which is no longer around. We we closed the site about 2015, but I was. I came on in about two thousand and eight, uh, and before that i 'd worked with a few different websites as well i um, I was editor in chief of a of a website called Silver Bullet comics uh, for a couple of years and and before that a few smaller sites uh, with comic related we uh, we were we, we had a really good track record and we were uh, we got to the point where we were getting like ten thousand visitors a, a month so it was, it was a pretty good run, and we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, but yeah, that was what I was doing. I was interviewing people, I was writing articles, and and that kind of thing. Um, and at the same time, I was still lettering comics and dabbling in, in editing here and there.
0: Okay, so do you find that some of that uh, that journalism and that sort of looking at in looking at a lot of comics and doing reviews? Um, because earlier you mentioned that you were able to, to sort of go to Chris and say, hey, you know, we, we might need to pare this down, cut some of this fluff out, um, you know, you know, dial this expedi- expedition, ex- I, I can't talk, ah. <laughs> um, you know, dial this down a little bit. Um, did you find that you, you learned a lot of that by um, sort of reading a lot of comics, seeing where some other folks might have made some missteps or, you know, sort of indulged in, in one of these areas too much? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it definitely uh, helped in that
1: area. Uh, one of the one of the columns that I wrote for a number of years was um, called Independent, and it was uh, focused on indie comics specifically. So I read actually a lot of indie comics to, uh, from very small publishers, and also you know from from mid tier companies. Uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, that experience of reading and digesting a lot of material from a lot of different places, kind of picking up on nuances and, and seeing what works and what doesn't. And, you know, trying to, I guess it helped in that marketing aspect of it too. You know, how, how do you, how do you sell this book kind of thing? So it's like you you want to hook people right away and you want to, you don't want to give them so much that they're overwhelmed, but you want to give them enough to, to keep them interested
0: very cool um and so i know that we touched about we touched on this in the first interview but let's uh, sort of recap the the way you and chris met uh, to sort of bring this comic book uh, to life
1: yeah Uh, so chris for years has been doing uh, youtube videos and um, back i guess it was about seven eight years ago uh, he was doing a, a, a weekly comic review and my now wife lisa watched him all the time and she kept trying to get me to watch him and i finally gave in and watched one of his shows and and in the live chat section he and i started talking back and forth and we just kind of connected on a, on a few levels and uh after that episode we kept talking and he actually invited me on to to his live show and i actually became part of his uh weekly live show which we still do to to this day every tuesday night um and yeah, so we just became fast friends and almost like from the very beginning, he started sharing his stories with me. And this was an early rough version of this was definitely one of those. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the, the boiled down uh, story of how we met and, and got involved with everything. And from there, we just kept working together on different
0: things, different podcasts, different video shows, different, you know, everything. Do you find that maybe you know that that connection that you guys have and all of the sort of things that you work on that are you know outside of this this project help you with the with the celestial falcon comic that you guys sort of maybe have developed a, a shorthand or you guys you guys know each other really well so um you know i'm guessing you know any writer who writes something and turns it over to somebody uh, you know you you want sort, sort of feedback but these things are sort of precious to you um, so do you find that that friendship that you have and, and the the all the things that you work on helps you uh, with with the comic it definitely does and I
1: I do think that we have that kind of shorthand that you mentioned Chris is telling me all the time get out of my head um, <laughs> because uh, yeah it's it's I can I can read him and he can read me and we kind of just connect and get each other, get where we're coming from with, with certain things. And uh, we also have that kind of relationship where we can call each other out on things. So it's like, Hey dude, this isn't working, you know, and I don't have to, I don't have to walk on eggshells with that. I, Mm -hmm. you know, and and vice versa Um, early on when we first started working as co-writers on this project, we did kind of push the boundaries of that a little bit because it was very precious to him and uh, we butted heads a little bit, but it was, it was clearly that, you know, he wasn't quite grasping what I was trying to to help him do and vice versa. I wasn't understanding the the parts of the story that were really important to him. So we kind of had to meet in the middle and figure out, okay, we can keep this because you have, you need this. You have to have this in your story. I understand that. But at the same time, give me a little leeway to kind of, you know, add this or embellish that or, or take that, down a little bit so once we got past that initial butting the heads uh part of it um it was smooth selling from there and and now it's just like you know he can he can have an idea and like send me a quick voice message and i'm like oh yeah cool
0: and we'll start writing very cool so um you guys went to, to kickstarter with uh with issue one a little while ago and and, and now you're back with with issue two and I remember from the interview with Chris, I think he sort of has sort of these almost like these tones, these sort of like notebooks where he's he's got a lot of the story worked mm-hmm. out um so with with two um how are how are we i, I you know I, I know that we're still early on in the story, and Chris has got a lot to go. Um, but sort of like, what, what are you envisioning here at the, at the beginning? Is this sort of like two of five, two of two of six? Like, how are, how are you guys looking at that? Or have you maybe not even, uh, sort of broke it down at that point yet?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little different with the, because you mentioned the tomes that he has, we're, we're kind of having to convert, um, his old writing to to script format because he never he wrote it more in a in a kind of pseudo prose style okay so it's we're we're having to readjust it and see what the how it actually fits into a page count but so far we've kind of figured out this first arc is about five issues and we're going to do like a series of mini series kind of thing so we're going to do this arc, take a little break come back with the second arc and so on and so forth um with this issue this this is the issue that we've both been excited about because this is where things start picking up like that first issue you get introduced to all the characters they get their powers you you don't know why and you've got these mysteries going on in this issue we reveal a lot there are a lot of secrets that come out in this where those powers come from about chris's history his parentage um what these abilities are for what this threat is that's coming into the world that they have to face um so there's a lot A lot of stuff
0: going on in this issue very nice and like uh you know a lot of if you think about a lot of sort of you know mini series or or you know comic books a lot of times that first issue is uh an introduction to the world um and 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 the drop you into the story and then as you get the second or the third issue that's where you're able to sort of develop the world and develop the characters which sounds as like as if that's what you guys are doing here
1: yeah absolutely and uh that's that's another thing that i i kind of brought in because in chris's original stuff he's his main focus is on you know appropriately so celestial falcon the main character of chris in the book um and i i came in and and helped him kind of build out those other supporting characters, uh, that are important to this first arc, especially. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the way it was. It was like, introduce everyone and, you know, kind of develop those relationships, let everybody get to know these characters a little bit more and then kind of blow it up and say, okay, now this is the thing that they have to come together to face.
0: Very nice. So I, I, we're going to a going to Kickstarter with an issue two. Um, what are some of the the challenges that that you have there, or are there some advantages there? Um, but before you answer, I think one thing that you you did that was was good from from a marketing standpoint is when you go to this Kickstarter, it's listed as um, issues one and two. Um, so you 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 you're giving the anybody the ability who might have not been able to get on on the first one uh, to, to get in. So um, was that the, was that the plan there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, that's a trick that I learned from our good buddy, Tyler James, <laughs> obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have employed it every time it's, it's been appropriate for us. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, you always want to provide that entry point and you want to make sure that people know that they can get the first issue uh, through this campaign as well, which we always kind of make clear that, Hey, you know, this is definitely available so you can catch up either digitally or physically, uh, because you don't want to turn people off. Like once we get to like, I don't know, just throwing out a number issue 11, it, you know, it's kind of daunting to come in a series when it's that far along. If you don't, you know, specify that, Hey, this is definitely a jumping on point.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's very, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's the trick of, uh, a serialized book is that, uh, you, you do need to sort of cater to that to that fan base that that's been with you. But mm-hmm. you also need to uh, make it appealing to somebody who is just you know recently the, discovering you. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, so uh, I have a question uh, and I th- and I think we, we discussed this a little bit, but um, you act as the the letterer on this book. Um, in the, that is sort of like one of the final stages of production. Um, when, you, when you're in there and you're lettering it, um, are you taking that, you know, acting as an editor, or co-writer, are you taking that chance to sort of tweak things at, at that stage as well? Uh, normally, yes. Uh, I actually, I had lettered issue one. We
1: decided with this issue to, to bring on a new letterer because my workload just got s- so heavy mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to bring somebody in that wouldn't hold up the project. Like I, I probably would have. Uh, so we actually brought in clay Adams to to do the lettering on this issue. Oh, but, nice. Yeah. So, uh, really thrilled to be working with him. Uh, but yeah, any issue that I do letter, I kind of take that opportunity to tweet things, especially, um, placement wise and and just shaping the text around like the art that I have available. Um, if I have, if I'm writing the book or co-writing the book, um, I will definitely take the opportunity to, to kind of tweak it either, either for space, reasons or because like if I'm if I'm reading through it as I'm lettering it and it doesn't seem to work right or I think something else can work better on the fly I'll, I'll change it in in the case with Celestial Falcon of course I would run those changes by Chris but it's usually minimal stuff so it doesn't really matter all all that much it just makes it more aesthetically pleasing
0: okay um and so we mentioned Clay but what who are the other members of the the creative team here so the artist is Lucas Santos, who also
1: illustrated the first issue. And between these two issues, his art has just improved so much. He has grown so much as an artist. And uh it, it just shows in the in the new pages that we have up on the Kickstarter page that uh it's just it it's not I mean you can tell it's still his style, but it's almost night and day because he's just improved so much and it looks gorgeous. And, uh, we brought in a new colorist, Lisa, my, my wife had uh, colored the previous issue and kind of the same situation. She's kind of got a very heavy workload and we decided just, you know, we're going to hire out people for this, for this one. And, uh, you know, try to make the best of it. Um, so we can get it out in people's hands faster. So we brought in a, a colorist after doing a, a, a search. Um, we put out an ad and we got like 200 replies and we went through, narrowed them down and we finally settled on uh, our new colorist, Namesh Miraji. And uh, he has been stellar to work with as well. His colors just make everything vibrant and pop. Uh, So we're really pleased with this, uh, with this full creative team. And the really cool thing about this team in particular is without even having to ask them or even mention it at all, every single member of this team has been sharing this Kickstarter campaign on social media everywhere, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Every time I turn around, one of them is sharing something. And that's so cool because it's so rare.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, So with the colorist, uh, you put out a call for, uh, you know, a new colorist and you got all the samples. Were you looking for somebody um, that would sort of try to fit with, with Lisa's style on, on the first book? Honestly, not necessarily. Um, because
1: Lucas's art had changed so much, we, we looked at it as an opportunity to just kind of, uh, kind of refresh it in a way. Um, I, I guess now Lisa did obviously as a color, she, she was the main person going through these submissions and kind trying to figure out, you know, who's the best person for the job. Um, but I I think over, over everything, we were just looking for somebody that could, uh, bring the best out of Lucas's art, uh, whether it matched her style or not. I, and I think, um, if you, if you look, if you compare the two issues, there are similarities, uh, in in the style, but I think Nimesh's, um strengths are like this, he, he does like this shine and highlight that, that Lisa didn't necessarily do on the first issue. So it's, it's almost like this issue is just a complete upgrade uh, mm-hmm. not to discount Lisa's skills at all. She's, you know, that is the reason that we picked him though, because he could do things that she couldn't quite do. So.
0: Yeah. And I think if, even if you look at somebody like uh, that, that uh, is is working, uh, you know, at at the big two or a bigger publisher. There there's 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 an evolution in in their work as well. So you know, you know, if you look at like uh, you know early Jim Lee to like what Jim Lee does now, there's there's a change in style. So it would it would totally make sense that you know, as your artist is working and you know putting more time in at the table uh the drawing table that the you know the, those skills are those skills are going to improve yeah absolutely cool um so this is issue two of of celestial falcon um and you're working a lot with chris to sort of break the the story down um how many pages is, is this issue this issue is 26
1: pages we we went a little overboard but there was a there's an important scene towards the end of the book that we just couldn't cut down anymore. We actually cut probably a good two pages out of it. Um, But it it was, it was a long speech by a certain character that kind of reveals a certain thing. So we tried to pare that down and we, we, um, we switched it to like a flashback thing with narration over it, as opposed to a guy just standing there talking. So we kind of try to be creative with it, but we still, um, ended up with 26 pages, uh, but it's, it's chock full of story and it doesn't stop from start to finish. So we look at that as a positive cause you're kind of getting some bonus pages for this
0: issue. Cool. And so when you sit down with Chris and Chris has those, you know, those, those notebooks, those, you know, where the stuff is written out and you said earlier, it was more, started off as more as like a, like a prose format. Mm-hmm. Are you looking, at it with chris or is chris looking at it uh individually saying hey what do you think about if you know this point of the story is where we end end an issue because you know it's it's a dramatic moment it's it's a it's a cliffhanger it advances the story as uh, is who who's most involved in that or is it a collaborative effort it's definitely a collaborative
1: effort Uh, fortunately for me chris had translated all of it to uh to google docs <laughs> and uh you know he does have like tons of actually uh you know analog notebooks full of this stuff as well but he he has the bulk of the script on a uh, google docs so what we do is we have the the comic script open in one tab and we have the the other the the original plot plotted out prose stuff in the in the other tab and we're on together and we're going back and forth like okay this page starts here and and ends there so let's figure out what works from from the pros and bring that over and then kind of edit it from there so it's kind of this interesting process that uh is is completely new to both of us uh you know since or at least it was when we started issue one but it's it's an interesting experiment you know in writing and it definitely challenges uh both of us to kind of stretch and uh it's kind of fun taking this, this thing that already existed and kind of uh, shaping it to this new format and, and throwing out what doesn't work and, you know, throwing in new stuff to,
0: to make it even cooler. Nice. And one of the things that you can do with, with comics, uh, and and comic book storytelling is, is pacing and, and, and page turns. So, um, or, I know that you guys said that you're trying to figure out, you know, where, where an issue might end, you know, sort of going back and forth on those two documents. Do you, and I think that's probably the case. Are you guys sort of trying to figure out uh, page turns, you know, what could be like a splash or what could be sort of like, you know, a larger panel on, on a page uh, doing that transfer? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All of the above. Um, we uh,
1: typically like, He'll he'll pick a section and say okay this could be this and and we'll paste it in and I'm like sometimes I'll be like okay this is we need like three pages for this section so we we have to and then I I'm kind of the one that does exactly what you say where I look for those breaks where we can cleanly uh, cut a scene or you know do that page turn thing or and both of us kind of point out like, okay, this would be a cool splash page or double. We actually have a big, a huge double page spread in this issue um, that we kind of uh, tweaked from the original script, which was a much smaller scene. And we were like, both like, okay, this could be something really exciting for our readers. So.
0: Nice. And so from your Google Docs. Uh, when you turn it over to the artist, uh, do you and Chris look at uh, things at the the thumbnailing stage, or or as this or is this process uh, evolved as you guys have gone from issue one, issue two? Um, what? Uh, how much uh, review do you do? We uh, the way Lucas works
1: now, like in, in with the first issue, he was more uh, a traditional penciler. Um, as he's improved, he's, he's gone all digital. So now with this issue, the way it works, he he sends us a very rough um, layout of the page. And we kind of approve or, or ask for changes at that point. With Lucas, we, we rarely have to ask for changes, honestly. Um, he's He just gets our, our script and what we're trying to what we're trying to put on the page and and he gets that vision down perfectly most of the time. But, uh, yeah, it'll be just little tweaks that he hasn't put a lot of detail into it yet. Uh, so it's easy for him to, to go in there and tweak this or that. And then, uh, from that point, he just goes on full inks because it's, again, it's digital. So he just mm-hmm. goes full inks from that point and sends it to us. And again, because it is all digital, if there is a problem, once we see the inking stage,
0: we can go back to him and say, hey, can you can you tweak this little thing here? Nice, and so the, the, we've asked this question of people in the past that have come on, how cool is it to, and this is probably something for, for Chris a lot more because the story has lived in his head for so long, but how cool is it that when you guys sit down work on those two go- Google Docs you turn you turn that over to the artist and then you 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 see that realized into you know an artistic you know be, uh, medium of of storytelling
1: as you know it never gets old <laughs> it's always a thrill every time new pages show up in your inbox it's just i i don't know it it's this elation it's like hey there's this thing that i created or helped uh, bring to life helped you know put some kind of perspective into it and you get to see that you know illustrated and and kind of come to life that way it's just exciting and and I think Chris would feel the same way with him because this particular project is kind of his precious baby Um,
0: I think he is over the moon every time he sees something new come in for it. Yeah I agree it's it's a lot of fun Um, and you know depending on where your artist is, uh, you know. It's, I, I've worked with guys that they're, you know, on the other side of the world. So sort of right. like I might be, you know, during the afternoon. You know, we might be comparing notes. Um, you know, and it, you know, we'll figure out the direction we want to go, and then you you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning, and there's a, you know. There's a, there's an email of, of of a page of what you guys were just talking about the day before, or you know some progress made on that page. So that is that is a lot of fun to, to you know see the see the art come back in your in your inbox.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and a lot of the artists we work with as well are, are from different countries. Uh, Lucas, in, for example, is uh, in Brazil, and so yeah, it's it's definitely that kind of thing. Many times I've I've woken up to new art. And it's just, it's, it's a cool way to start your day, I gotta
0: say. Nice. So, um, let's turn, let's turn our focus to, to running a Kickstarter. Um, so you guys launched this issue too. Did you find, uh, did you find a lot of repeat customers for one, um, you know, people just discovering you or maybe, uh, almost like a 50, 50 split, uh, new folks and returning folks. I think a lot of people that, that backed issue one came back for this
1: one. Um, I thinking back, I, I, am pretty sure we got a few new people, but we had, we did have a lot of, uh, a lot of people come back from issue one or from other books that, that I've done, uh, the last number, uh, the most recent. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I think we're doing a little bit of both. We're finding new audience. Um, we're, uh keeping people interested and coming back for, for more. So that's great. Um, Hopefully we can have
0: both more,
1: both. So
0: cool. Uh, So I know that 2020 is throwing everybody for, for a loop. Um, But what does, do you guys have a, have a strategy? Are you trying to do like uh, one book a year, two books, uh, you know, one every, every six months? Do you have you guys sat down and tried to, to figure that out? Ideally, what we want to do is
1: quarterly. Um, that would be a, a really good schedule for us right now. I think um, we're not quite there yet, but that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're working towards.
0: Okay, so with a quarterly schedule, do you um, do you maybe you know having two writers or a co-writer, are you able to have one guy sort of focus more on like might like be the the next quarter's project, and one guy focus on uh you know getting this quarters project finished and and ready ready to go that would be a great idea i'm gonna
1: steal that <laughs> that, that yeah we haven't worked that far ahead with like
0: trying to figure the logistics out of that but that's i i kind of like that idea cool um so this is a question i have for folks that that come on and are running their kickstarter um, how are you maintaining your, your sanity while we're running a Kickstarter? Are, are you hitting the refresh button uh, every every 30 seconds? Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, I, I try not to,
1: but it's just there, and I, I got to know. It's uh, it's hard to stay sane during a Kickstarter launch. It, it really is, and it's hard to kind of focus on the other things that you need to get done because you just, you, you want to keep putting it out there because, you know, the way... The way social media works and the way audiences work, not everybody sees everything you're putting out, out there, and you just want to keep trying to share it with people so that you can get this thing, uh, you know, created and out there. Um, and it's it's a difficult balance to try to strike, and um, it, it's definitely uh, it definitely takes a lot of your time and your energy, uh, but it also takes some restraint to to kind of step away from it and do get some other stuff done.
0: Yeah, I, I found that, uh, you know, if, if I'm sort of at the computer, the, the temptation to sort of call up the page, hit the refresh is, is always there. But if I'm out doing something uh, for a little bit, um, I'm able to sort of break that, that habit. And it's always fun. You know, it, 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 <laughs> it's funny if I'm sitting here hitting the refresh button, it doesn't seem like anything's happening, but if I yeah. go for a walk and I don't look at it, uh, I might, uh, get the pleasant surprise that the, the backer count went up one or two. Um, right. so that, that's, I don't know, maybe, maybe I, I should, uh, I should take longer walks and hope for, hope for more backers. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's that old phrase, uh, a watch pot never boils,
0: right? True. True. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm a big fan of, of the work you're doing. Uh, I got issue one. I enjoyed it and you shared some preview pages with me uh, for two and uh, I'm excited for it. Um, but as we close up here, how about if you could give me an elevator pitch for the, the, the the property as a whole and a little bit maybe a little bit more in depth on issue two.
1: Yeah, absolutely. celestia Falcon is, is a coming of age story about a, a boy that a teenage boy that always knew something was special about him and he never knew what. And one day he gets these abilities and questions everything and and learns that him and his friends have to step up to the plate and vanquish an evil threat that Threatens an an evil threat. Yeah, that made sense. (laughs) An evil force that threatens to consume and destroy the world. And uh, with issue two, again, it's, uh, this is the issue where everything picks up. Chris gets sent on a journey on a, on a quest to figure out to find out who he is and where all these powers come from. He encounters a giant shark on the way uh, with this, with this huge scene with a, with a Megalodon, which is, Fun and interesting. Uh, and then he, he comes across a hidden temple where all these secrets are revealed, and uh, he learns about this dark force and, and where it comes from, and, and why him and his friends have been chosen to uh, be
0: the protectors to uh, save Earth. Nice. It's, it sounds epic as a, as a, you know, a comic book should be. So that's, that's, that's really cool. Um, can you let folks know where they can find you and Chris online um, and maybe some of the other the creatives uh, on the project so that they can, they can see the progress and see uh, more, more, you know, more comics that you guys are making sure uh,
1: at last number press across social media and last is where you can find all the other stuff that, that i'm doing and everything we're doing with last number press uh you can follow me at brant fowler across social media uh chris he has a website shootingstaruniverse.com uh, where he posts uh blogs and stuff he actually has a short story about celestial falcon up there right now um and he's a, a dark avenger c86 across social media mm-hmm. uh Namesh is Namesh.art. Um Lucas is if I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get this wrong, uh Lulis Luke Art. So it's L-U-L-I-S-L-U-C-A-R-T. And I'm I'm sure we'll have all these links in the in the show notes. And sure. uh Clay, I believe, is uh I think it's Clay Adams Fried on Instagram and uh, friedcomics.com, uh where I'm sure all his other
0: social media links are. Cool. Yeah, I'll I i will put links to to everybody's, uh, everybody's socials, uh, in in the show notes. And there also is going to be a link to, to the Kickstarter. Um, we're recording this in about mid-September. Um, how long does the, how many more days does the, the Kickstarter have and when does it end? It ends on, uh, September 22nd. So I think it's, it's 12 days. Okay. 12 days. So everybody should, uh, jump on it, uh, now. Yeah, absolutely. Please. Oh, okay. No, uh, Brent, I, I enjoyed, uh, having you back on to, to talk process. It's always fun to, to hear, um, you know, like-minded folks that want to go out and make comics and just sort of, you know, pick their brains and hear how passionate they are. And, and, and that comes through, uh, uh, talking to you here.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I appreciate you having me. It's always fun talking about the creative process for me as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun getting together with other creators and, and, Congrats on on your current campaign as well. Everybody should go check
0: that out too. Thanks. Yeah. Uh yeah. I as I do the calls to action, I am going to to plug my own, own project on the on the yeah. way out. So I, I yeah. appreciate that. Um you have an open invite anytime you want to come back and talk any any of your projects. Uh it's it's always fun catching up. And I think uh another thing as I close up here, I think what's really great is that um, you know, we mentioned Clay earlier, your letterer. Uh, but I think that we found a, a great uh, community of, of folks that uh, uh, like to make stuff, and it's really fun to to jump on. Say, you know, I'll jump on Facebook, and I'll see that somebody is my friend. You know, shared one of my other friends. You know, Kickstarter's that launched. So I, I think we're we're building a great community here. Absolutely. I I honestly I don't know that I could have done
1: this without this particular community. It's it's been a huge uh, help and uh, just. For support, you know, just support and and friendship and uh, like we talked about getting together with other creators that, you know, we all love doing this and it's just
0: it's fun and it's encouraging. Very cool. Uh, Well, anybody who is listening to this podcast, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you'd use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod, Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Um, Please check out the Facebook page for Ageless Press. Um, There is a project up there, um, called Dino Thrashers that I'm acting as the, the publisher. I'm making that with, uh, Noah, who is normally the co-host on this, uh, podcast. Uh, so if you could check that out as well, we would really appreciate it. Um, uh, i just like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please, uh, be nice to each other, be safe, and go out there and make some comics.